Hello, folks, and welcome to Author Adjacent, a podcast about the journey from hobbyist writer to professional author. I'm your host, Michael Vadney. If you're listening to this, you may not be ready to call yourself an author. Even I'm not there, but I am Author Adjacent. Before we dive into today's episode, a quick disclaimer. I am not a professional author. I'm just another person on a journey from hobbyist to pro, just like you. So consider my advice as suggestions based on my experience and what's worked for me. With that out of the way, let's jump into today's topic. Returning listeners from episode one may recall that I briefly mentioned how I use narrative structure to plan out my story before I started my first draft. Today, I'm going to expand on that by going over the basics of story structure. We're going to talk about what it is, examples of popular formats, and then we'll wrap this show up with insights into my own experience with using structure to plan out my story. First, let's talk about what narrative structure is. Sometimes called story or plot structure, it refers to the organization and order of events within the narrative. Think of it like the backbone that guides your storytelling process, as subplots extend from it like limbs or appendages. My apologies if that is a creepy metaphor. But anyways, having that backbone in mind will help you create a consistent flow to the narrative that the reader can follow. What some of you may not have noticed is that at their core, all stories tend to contain the same elements. At their most basic level, they all have a beginning, a middle, and an end. I'm aware that maybe starting at that seems too basic, but trust me, it's from these core fundamentals that the narrative structure expands into a list of components that exist in almost every story known to mankind, or womankind, and childkind too. I'm not sure if bears have stories, but if they do, I bet bearkind have these core fundamentals as well. Now I'm sure there are some artists out there who are suffering for their medium in an attempt to revolutionize the landscape by writing stories without beginnings. Honestly, good luck to them. I really hope it works out. But first of all, that isn't us. We are here to learn the basics and how to use them to make ourselves better novelists. And second, except for the occasional unicorn amongst them, I'm willing to bet their books aren't flying off the shelves. And for those unicorns that are having success, I would bet even more imaginary money that they were able to get away with skipping the beginning of their story because they knew the rules first and were able to create a unique structure by knowing which to break and which to bend. Speaking of rule breaking, let's have a little moment on the side over here. In your author adjacent journey, you will often hear that you need to learn the rules in order to break them properly. It can be a frustrating platitude used by the knowledgeable when they don't have the time or are frankly too lazy to explain the whole truth. And the truth is that they are right. We do need to learn the rules in order to break them properly. Breaking the rules properly means knowing how far off center to stray away from the core expectations your audience has established over a lifetime of reading. It also means breaking the rules 100% intentionally with the knowledge of why that rule existed in the first place and what it will mean to the reader, instead of breaking them accidentally or out of ignorance. It's a tug-of-war between providing a story that is both expected and surprising. Surprise for the sake of surprise rarely does well in the market and is often the haven of cheap attempts to create a unique story. Think of a literary jump scare 
the cheapest form of horror. What I'm trying to say is that it's a balancing act. If you bend a rule here and then another there, you're probably doing all right. You can even completely break a rule so long as the rest of the story compensates to balance with it. I'm sure I'll get more into that in a future episode, but enough of my ranting for now. Back to the structure! Now we all know that all stories contain a beginning, a middle, and an end. But what we may not have known is that we can take that a step further and claim that almost all stories contain these five elements. 1. Exposition, which introduces the reader to the setting, characters, and the story's basic premise. 2. The inciting incident, the moment that triggers the story's main conflict. 3. The rising action, a series of events that raise the stakes of the conflict. 4. Climax the pivotal moment that resolves the main conflict. And five, the conclusion, or denouement, if you're fancy, French, or both, which shows the aftermath or the result of the climax. Not all stories can be boxed into a single perfect structure, but many stories can fit into multiple structures. Take the original Star Wars trilogy as an example. It can easily fit into either the hero's journey or the three-act structure. I know for some of you these terms are just words right now, but don't worry. I'll be going into detail in some of the most popular narrative structures later in this episode. For now, just know that an understanding of narrative structure and how to use it will make you a better storyteller, whether your medium is novels or campfire tales, because this stuff is universal. Before we talk about some examples of those structures and what kind of stories they tend to serve best, I want to address the elephant in the room. Hello, pantsers. Yes, I can see you in the back row, gnashing your teeth at this episode's blatant attack on your methodology. But I want you to know that this episode is for you as well. While I know you discovery writers enjoy the chaos of throwing yourself into the void, armed with nothing but an idea and a well-sharpened writing implement, I want anyone who falls into the pantser category to think of me as the little old man from The Legend of Zelda going, It's dangerous to go alone. Here, take this narrative structure! So this one's for you, pantsers. You might need to hear this most. Having even the barest bones of an outline can be the difference between progressing through your story and writing yourself into circles until you run out of steam, or ink, or whichever comes first. On top of that, even pantsers will eventually need to work on revisions. Learning about story structure equips you with the skills to revise and edit your work effectively, identifying areas where the narrative may need to be tightened or restructured or further developed. Refusing to learn structure is like trying to build a house without blueprints. You're gonna learn a lot of things the hard way. Besides, I have a story structure just for your particular brand of chaos. So unclench those jaws and let me show you what I'm talking about as we go over some of the most popular structures used today. Our first story structure is the hero's journey. In this narrative template, the hero goes on an adventure where they gain knowledge that they then use to obtain victory and then return home forever changed. Does that sound familiar? That is the plot of Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, Forrest Gump, and thousands of other books and films. It was author Joseph Campbell who popularized this structure in his book The Hero with a Thousand Faces. 
In it, he identified the common steps taken by heroes of mythology across cultures of the entire world. This structure was then broken down into 12 steps. So hang in there, because this is going to be the longest list that we go over today. Step 1. The Ordinary World First, establish the hero's default environment. In order to understand the change that the hero will go through, we need to see where the hero came from. Step 2. The Call to Action Also known as the inciting incident, the hero is given a reason to go on the adventure. Step 3. Refusal of the Call The hero needs to be resistant to going on the adventure. This shows that the hero is human and relatable, and not some unrealistic masochist that represents a much more narrow slice of the population. Explosions are really cool in the story, but most of us don't want to experience them in real life. Step 4. Meeting the Mentor Every hero needs a sage to guide them at the start. In a classic setting, this would be the wise old man, but that is not a requirement. The mentor is meant to show an example of someone who has gone on a similar adventure before, and give a glimpse of how it may change our hero in the end. Step 5. Crossing the Threshold The hero leaves the comfortable environment established in Step 1. Generally, this is the hero's oh shit moment, where they realize this isn't going to be an easy time. Step 6. Tests, Allies, and Enemies the hero's list of allies and enemies grow as they are continually tested and pushed further and further away from their original life. This will be the story's thick middle. Step 7. Approach to the Innermost Cave The hero nears their goal, but their success is still uncertain. This step is pure tension building, meant to get the reader to the edge of their seat in anticipation. Step 8. The Ordeal the hero faces their greatest challenge yet, and overcomes it. The original goal is achieved. Step 9. Reward. Having overcome their initial goal, the hero is rewarded for their efforts. Step 10. The Road Back. The hero's goal is achieved, but the adventure is not complete. The hero is invested and is usually faced with a great choice concerning the next step. Step 11. Resurrection. The hero faces off against the greatest obstacle of the story. This is the climax, where the hero puts to the test the lesson they learned and the choice they made. And finally, step 12, return with the elixir. The hero has achieved the true victory. Loose ends are tied off and the hero returns to their ordinary world, but as a different person than the one they left it as. While I, being a fantasy writer, 100% pictured The Hobbit while going through these steps, you very well may have been thinking of any one of a thousand stories that fit this structure. This is a great template if you want to write adventures, coming-of-age stories, mythologies, superhero origin stories, or even historical period dramas. It may be worth mentioning that the journey doesn't always have to be a physical or geographical one. Some stories can follow the hero's journey while taking the protagonist through an adventure of self-discovery or emotional growth, without ever leaving their small town. But I will caution that the hero's journey is not suited for all story types. Though I stand by what I said before, all stories have a structure, we must be aware that not all structures can be applied to every story. So here are a few story types where the hero's journey may struggle to fit your needs. Slice-of-life dramas. 
Anthologies, abstract art house stories, and even certain types of comedy tales will not fit this narrative. Well, I think that's enough for Heroes and Adventure. Let's move on to the next structure. Hey there, Panthers! Glad you stuck around. Because for our second narrative structure, I want to talk about one that I think will serve you and your needs best. The Story Spine is a method originally created by playwright Ken Adams, and is the default structure used by Disney, Pixar, and Lucasfilms. While you may be concerned that those are all film companies, don't you fret, because the Story Spine can easily be used for novels, as is our focus here on Author Adjacent. This structure is ideal for discovery writers, aka pantsers, because unlike many other methods, it consists of seven concise steps that when followed yield a broad idea for your story without imposing a rigid outline. I can see that you might not be convinced. Metaphorically, that is. I can't actually see you. Though a heads up, you're out of milk. That joke's mostly for me. I know for most of you, you're probably not out of milk, but someone out there listening to this is out of milk. But let's dive into those steps. Step one. Once upon a time. It may be obvious, but I want to point out you don't need to start with these exact words. The first step merely needs to announce who is our protagonist and what is the setting of the story. Step 2. And every day. In this step, you expand on the protagonist and the setting to give the reader details about their life and their daily struggle. This step should establish the protagonist's life up to the start of the story. Step 3. Until one day. Something happens in the protagonist's life that changes everything. This is the event that creates the story's main conflict. Step 4. Because of this, the protagonist journeys to accomplish a goal. How will they respond to the catalyst event in the previous step? Step 5. And because of this, no goal is ever achieved on the first try. What will the protagonist do after this first failure? You can actually add as many because of this steps until the protagonist has suffered enough and then move on to the next step. Step 6. Until finally, the story's climax, where the resolution of the story is set into motion. And finally, step 7. And ever since that day. The final scene of the story, where the meaning of the narrative is revealed through the protagonist to the reader. This structure, of course, lends itself to fairy tales like anything made by Pixar or Disney, but is also generic enough to work well for any genre. I put this forth as a great option for pantsers, because it creates a seven-sense roadmap that tells you what cities you want to visit without telling you how to get there. So there! Never say I didn't do anything for you literary anarchists. Now, on to the finale! After talking about badass named structures like The Hero's Journey and Story Spine, which sounds like a metal band if I think about it. Story Spine. Anyways, we are going to wrap up this episode with a otherwise boringly named three-act structure. I'll also be going over why I chose to use it for my current novel, and lessons learned based on that decision so far. As the name implies, this structure comes in three parts, or acts, like a play. While you might be thinking of Shakespeare, the OG bard, as the originator at this point, I'm going to need you to aim a little further back, as Aristotle was the first to come up with this structure for poetry writing. Honestly, what couldn't that man do? It's been thousands of years, and we are still talking about him. Sorry about that, I'm just a big fan. Anyways. 
Back to structure. The three-act structure is, of course, ancient and is used as a foundation on which many other structures are designed on. As mentioned before, this structure is broken into three parts, which in turn breaks down into three steps each. Let's go over them through each act. Act 1 is the setup. This starts with step 1, exposition. Establish the existing state of affairs at the story's beginning. Step 2, the inciting incident. The event that starts the story's main conflict. Rounding off Act 1 is Step 3, the first plot point. The protagonist decides to deal with the main conflict, which then takes us into Act 2, the confrontation. Step 4, the rising action. The protagonist is confronted by multiple challenges that raise the tension. Step 5, midpoint. This is the mid-story plot twist that changes everything and nearly costs the protagonist their chance at overcoming the story's main conflict. Step 6. The second plot point. Due to the plot twist in the midpoint, the protagonist fails to overcome the latest challenge and begins to question if they are capable of succeeding. Then Act 3. The Resolution. Step 7. Pre-Climax. Though the protagonist has been laid low, they rally and prepare for the final confrontation. Step 8. The Climax. The protagonist challenges the story's main conflict, usually an antagonist but not always, and achieves victory. Unless the story is a tragedy, in which case the antagonizing force claims victory. Finally, Step 9. Denouement. That's right, the French have returned. Once again, they are tying up loose ends, and the reader learns the consequences of the climax. You may have noticed that some of those steps sound familiar from the other narrative structures. That would be due to two reasons. First, the three-act structure is often used as a base for other, more modern structures. And second, all structure is based off the five steps I outlined in the beginning of the episode. The exposition, the inciting incident, the rising action, the climax, and the conclusion. Like the story spine method, this structure is generic enough to work almost universally for all genres. It was part of the reason why I chose this structure for my current novel. Now sounds like a good time to get into that. While there are many options out there, I chose the three-act structure coincidentally for three primary reasons. First, I like this structure for how foundational it is. Whether people are aware of it or not, they know this structure, and have come to expect it in some form in every story they consume. I'm still author adjacent here. I'm not trying to break the mold. Second, while I do lean toward the planning side of the plotter pantser scale, I didn't want to spend an age and a day creating a detailed outline before I ever got to actually writing the story. I thought this structure would strike a balance between knowing each blade of grass in the field and being somewhat sure my main character's name was Bob. Although my main character's name isn't Bob, and there are in fact three main characters so that would have been problematic. And third, I found a fantastic worksheet created by author and YouTuber Abby Emmons that could be used to create a three-act outline designed for character-driven plots. Abby's version contains all the steps I spoke of earlier with a few additional steps to help bridge the gaps. I'll be sure to leave a link to her website where she talks about it as I found it incredibly useful. I'm now working my way through the second draft of my novel, and I've had time to reflect on how starting with the three-act structure has affected my experience so far. So what are my thoughts? Overall, I'm glad I used the three-act structure as a blueprint for my story. 
It allowed me to get back to the basics and learn the simpler tools of the trade to a level that I hope will translate to deft use of the more detailed structures in later novels. I do think I overcomplicated my story by having three main characters, each with their own outline based on the three-act structure, but I'm not going to blame that on the structure. It's important to remember what story structure is for. It's meant to give you a broad idea of the order of events, but not exactly the timing of them. So pacing issues are going to be common in your first draft. If you're doing something similar with multiple protagonists and want to have an easier time weaving them together, I might recommend noting rough timeframes in the outline and trying to keep the events of each character within the ballpark of each other. At the same time, don't sweat it too much and keep in mind that first drafts are meant to be rough. Check out episode 1 on first drafts if you hadn't had a chance yet. You can fix many of your story problems once you have the whole thing down. One criticism I do have about using this structure was the lack of detail for the large middle portion of the story, Act 2. Generally, Act 2 is 50% of your novel, and I did feel like the gaps of structure between those steps were difficult to bridge, even with the more detailed version provided by Abby Emmons. In conclusion, I'd say I'm happy with the three-act structure for this novel, but plan on using more detailed structure like the hero's journey for my next story to help deal with that hefty middle. Alright folks, that's going to wrap up narrative structure for this episode of Author Adjacent. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Once again, I'm Michael Vadney. If any of this was helpful or even just gave you a good chuckle, consider supporting the show by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform of choice or telling a friend about the show. For more Author Adjacent, you can follow me on x at Author Adjacent or shoot me an email at AuthorAdjacent at gmail.com with your burning questions, comments, or topic ideas. New episodes drop every other week, so stay tuned! Now remember, the journey from writer to author might be long, but until then, let's be author adjacent together.